Season 5 of the F and Rad Snowboard Podcast was presented by Vans and sponsored by Wired Snowboards, the Boardroom Snowboard Shop, Crow's Nest Barber Shops, Tribute Board Shop in Nelson, B.C., and Anon Optics. All right. If I had every conversation I've had about snowboarding recorded with Rob Dow, it would be a podcast that would be a million episodes long. <laughs> I've, I don't think there's anyone else I've talked to about snowboarding more than this guy, which is ironic because this episode is probably the shortest episode with an interview that I'm going to ever put out. I, I don't know. We were supposed to talk at the no show and it just didn't materialize. And I was listening back to what we did record, and most of it's just us talking about the mics. I hear it good, and the music, it just sounds like a cafeteria. <laughs> and how fans built this awesome booth. But uh, Rob's got an incredible story. I mean, he's invented technologies like the seamless edge and the seamless sidewall. He designed boots for vans before vans even had a snowboard boot program. It's insane. And he's had pro models on a few companies. And he's just an interesting cat in the snowboard world. And we're very familiar, as you can tell from the way we talk. You can hear it's just two guys talking. So unfortunately, the only story that I got on tape so far is this story about getting on vans. And he's always kind of attributed it to Devin turning them down. And saying, oh yeah, but there's this guy, Rob Dow, which he was roommates with Devin at that time. Um, but I'm not entirely sure about that. Rob really did stand out on his own as a pro rider in the 90s. And I think the uh, benefit of their friendship went both ways. Okay, that sounded weird. Here's Rob Dow talking about getting on vans. Go. What year... Did you, and would you want to talk about it on mic that they wanted Devin? <laughs> Who for Vance? Yeah, when Vance sent you those boots. That's the way I remember Where it. did they come from? Like, how does that even happen? Did you reach out to them? Did they reach out to you? I mean, it's so long ago. I mean, we're talking like 94. I think 93. 93 90, maybe 93, 90 yeah. something. Um, I just remember De- Devin might have been on Airwalk and then... Uh, I think he suggested me because he wasn't available. So, like, Vans reached out to Dev. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And they were like, hey, what would it take to get you on the brand? Yeah, it's a little blurry, to be honest, but it was something like that I remember. I mean, without Walsh, I wouldn't have that opportunity. There's no doubt in my mind. Right. And then it just kind of worked out that um, I got to help design boots and get more involved with the company. Like, right away. Right away. They're like, we've got some some ideas, but we don't have any boots made yet. They they had these weird sort of Sorelli-type boots that I... The liners were kind of okay, and and the boot was just like a vulcanized boot. It was really simple. It looked yeah. like a Sorel, it reminded yeah. me of. Yeah, And it had like just a Vans. You saw that label I just showed you. It was literally that just glued to the same boot. Patch. And then, then, then we went to uh, North Korea. They flew me over there and said, do you want to go to North Korea? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And then we started designing boots on the floor in the factories. So in North Korea. South, South Korea. Korea. What South am I Korea. saying? North yeah, Korea. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it should just, we just normally say Korea. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I don't know why yeah. I said North. Um, but anyways, that was my first time going there, which was an amazing experience. What kind of design experience did you have at that point? Other than designing my own snowboards. Yeah. I mean, I was designing snowboards and helped building them in, at option in those days. Yeah. Um, 
little to none, but I knew what worked and what didn't work. And I had an idea what to make a better boot because at the early stages, boots were just getting made to be made and sell. Right. And there was, I don't feel like a lot of people were making a design snowboard boot. Oh, God, no. Like, like the Airwalk was, and there was a few people doing it, but they were the very early stages right. of Right. When I of think about boots. that lemming, and I think about what Airwalk was doing at that time with that free ride, because mm-hmm. remember, they were also linerless, and they had like a kind of weird cage lockdown for your for your heel that worked, and they had, the, they had that pull strap. And then the Vans came out, it was like a cleaner line. There was no pull strap, and uh, but they were low. They were like... You could wear those as a shoe. Well, the Lemmings had no liner, linerless boot, right. and they were low, hence why they're called the Lemming. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're a, they're a, an interesting step in snowboard boot evolution. I they worked really well for me, and I've I rode them for two years. I did the first Lemming and then the second Lemming. I rode them. The the first sample that I just showed you was a very primitive version of what came out in the production it was really low still yeah, when low it came out. soft not yeah. much support internally yeah. a little yeah. padding for support and a little bit of leather right and then they started going hey we need to add more support here structurally um for your ankle and stuff like that i didn't have any problems with it rode really good for me but they didn't last that long but then the the boots got better really quick and van spent a lot of time on perfecting their boots it, in my opinion the boots got good real quick got good fast so. yeah and they they got into that market like they were a legitimate boot company. Well, they had the backing, they had the knowledge, and right? They and had then, the, and uh, then, support. Airwalk kind of d- dropped the ball in this one year. Yeah. Airwalk made so everyone said your boots are too soft, and then they made the boots too stiff. Mm-hmm. And a stiff boot for anyone who's ever ridden one who likes soft boots, they're really uncomfortable. They're just really, really hard to get. Like no, it's like a ski boot. Like better if you. When I got, <laughs> I used to ski when I first started, and then when I tried snowboarding, I, I loved the freedom of the boot. I love I could walk to the hill with no problem. All of that was kind of amazing experience compared to ski boots. They're rigid, yeah. they're yeah. sketchy, and they're hard plastics on icy snow. It's it's sketchy to walk around in those things. Yeah. Hence why when I went to snowboarding, it was just like everything's comfortable. This is fun. You're surfing. You're on the snow. You're enjoying the powder instead of trying to stay away from it like the old skiers were. I just found it to be super like liberating being free on the hill. There was yeah, there was a, there was an actual period, and this is the exact time where you're helping to to design this Vans boot, where we realized that heel hold was the thing. Mm-hmm. We needed to hold the heel mm-hmm. into the bottom of the boot because like when you had Sorrells, sometimes, and I'm sure lots of people this happened to, you crash and your feet would come out of the boots. Literally almost pull out. Not almost. I've yeah. seen people in their socks. For sure. Yeah. I've never yeah. been pulled out, but it's I have, definitely, sure. uh, I, I took my ski liner race boots and put them in there because okay. they were super yeah. rigid. Yeah. Put them in my Sorrells. That's what we were riding in the beginning, which is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. That there was not a dedicated product for this snowboarding sport. Yeah. Um, which dates us a little bit, but using the uh, ski boot made it rideable, manageable. I use duct good. tape around my yeah. Sorrells just to hold it together. Did. Yeah, because there's like three lace holes. That was it. It was there, a joke. You, and then that top lace around the top that was it's just to keep snow out. Yeah. That was it. I wish I had my first pair of snowboard boots. Sorrells. Yeah, me too. They were, they were brutal. Brutal. So, you, you know, as everything sort of progressed, it got better. And, you know, I was lucky when we were, weren't hitting jumps that were the scale they were today. So the, the product <laughs> yeah. didn't have yeah. to be the same support or, or any of that stuff. So, it's yeah, I often wonder, actually, when I look back, I'm thinking, like, how come nobody went, like, 
I mean, Damien did. Absolutely. And then you just go, oh, Damien did because his boots were like rigid ski boots. He had ski boots. Like, which, you could not go that big in a lemming. You couldn't. It, and, like, it, it just, you're, you were risking your you ankles. Just, you just fold more yeah. often, yeah. essentially. Yeah. <clears throat> and so if you go back and look at, like, whoever was the, the greatest at that time, they really were being held back by their boots. I think all product in that stage. Boards were stiff as doors. There's yeah. a, lot, a lot of things going on. But, but then remember the, that one year that Palmer started blasting? would have been maybe 92, 93 or 91, 92, where his airs were significantly bigger than everybody else, mm-hmm. right? I wonder what boots he was on at that point. Probably his Vans, right? Like those Vans that he designed with the... Oh, no, that would the, that would have been way after the Lemmy. It was after That was that, 95, yeah. 96. I don't... Yeah, I wonder what boots they know. would have been on. Where I, he's blasting. My guess is a lot of guys were modifying their equipment like we were. You probably were. Just yeah. to... I'm still going to modify equipment. I think, honestly, I'm going to get a pair of those fixed bindings. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cut out the little ridge line underneath. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't jeopardize the its structural integrity, mm-hmm. I'm going to drill through, and I'm going to put my toe strap thing on a brand new pair of fixes. Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm into. I like those toe straps. They work for me. Yeah, I get it. And I was even thinking yesterday we should figure out how to make them. Like, I'll just CNC a mold for them and make them out of urethane and then put some sort of structural reinforcement in the urethane because they attach to a regular binding uh, ratchet and then they just have to hook under the under the binding like more of a traditional yeah, yeah. I, I mean there's so I many... want to modify my shit I, 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 no I, I think it's hilarious I told you I wanted to cut down a board and it, do you remember what you said you're like don't you fucking dare I was gonna cut down like a chase or something you're like oh no, no why no. do it you, you just can get our new shape that we just... I know, but then that's stuff. not the same as modifying something... No, I get it. ...to make it work. <laughs> and pants. I, I want to make my pants about five times fatter. Or four decades ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get it. Okay, hey, there's Mike Costigan. You're out? I got to go back to you gotta my go. booth. Um, All right. We'll, uh, Thanks we'll, for doing this. We'll jump in more once in a while yeah, and uh, yeah, make sure please. the audio works. Thank you, dude. Okay. Cheers. F and Rad shoutouts this week to you guys, the listeners. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. The best thing you can do is go to iTunes and leave a five-star review, rate the show, do all that stuff. Thank you very much, guys. And I'll try and come back next week with another episode of the F and Rad Snowboard Podcast presented by Vans and brought to you by SIA Productions.